Welcome to the Dear Life Coach Podcast, where real people get coached on real issues just using made-up names. I'm your host and your coach, Joshua Wright. Welcome back to the Dear Life Coach Podcast. Super excited about this week's episode, not because it's an actual session, but we're inversing the equation. It is Ask the Life Coach. I bring on my host, John, my boyfriend, to ask me a little bit about me, my business, what it's like to be life coached. Really, all questions were on the table. I look forward to you to listening as well as watching on YouTube at Dear Life Coach. Look forward to hearing what your thoughts are and hopefully making this a regular spot. If you want to be on the Dear Life Coach podcast, all you need is a real issue, made-up name, and to email me, joshua at vpcoachinggroup.com. Welcome to the Dear Life Coach podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. It is our first YouTube special. And in fact, it is really special because it's not Dear Life Coach. It's actually Ask the Life Coach today. So we have here my boyfriend, John, who's going to be interviewing me today. In fact, despite being my boyfriend, doesn't know too much about what I do. Uh, I kind of leave that in the business side of my life. And he is the personal. So we're combining the two today, and I'm excited to have you here. First of all, thank you for having me. I take offense when you say that I don't know what you do, because I do in a way. Um, and we're just going to have some fun today. I'm going to ask you questions, ease you into this whole process, because I love your podcast. I just want to hear more from you sometimes. And maybe I'm biased, but this is kind of my chance to kind of let your listeners know about you. Yeah, let's do it. So once again, thank you for having me. And I wanted to start with just a few light questions just about yourself to kind of, you know, break the ice a little bit. So where did you grow up? Oh, very light. Uh, I grew up in Massachusetts mainly. So went to school from kindergarten, preschool there, all the way to college, undergrad, um, and then moved out. And you also have a home in Michigan. So yes, home in Michigan, uh, taught in Mississippi for two years. Got my master's in business there, went to law school, was a lawyer, whole couple of lives lived in my life so far, and we're on a new adventure. And we'll get into the career stuff in a little bit, but I love that you've lived kind of in the four quadrants of the United States, whether it's the Northeast, Midwest, South, and now the West, and I'm happy to have you here in the West. Yes, yes, New York to Mississippi to Michigan and then to California. Los Angeles. Here we are. So you've been a vegetarian for a few years now, no meat, no fish. So I'm sorry if this is a controversial question, but what is your favorite food? Oh, um, honestly, it's chicken. Don't tell the chickens that and but my vegetarian friends or pita. I love chicken. I genuinely fried chicken, KFC, Popeye's chicken. I love like the skin when it's fried. I'm sorry to any of my listeners that don't want to hear this, <laughs> but like so freaking delicious. And it is genuinely something that I miss, miss a ton. Well, dating you, I think I've learned that there are actually a lot of great alternatives to meat. So yeah, I forced them on him. No, not force. <laughs> I'm happy to be on this journey with you, although I am not vegetarian. You're not on this journey. <laughs> I'm not on this journey. You merely try it again. But sometimes I'm on this journey. Uh -huh. I, on Sunday, I had a full vegetarian day with you. Correct. Yes. Finally, if you could visit anywhere in the world right now that you have not been, okay. where are we going? Um, Notice I said we. Yeah. Uh, I would love to go to something like Marrakesh in Morocco or something that's just not a normal sort of European, Europeanized 
area. Also somewhere that we probably couldn't be affectionate. So <laughs> great, great, great journey for us already. <laughs> oh, well. So thank you for that. Now let's actually dive into life coaching, which is what your podcast is about. Yes. So I think we all have preconceived notions of what it means to be a life coach. So if you could describe what it means to be a life coach to the average person, how would you do so? Sure. It's, uh, being a life coach is about using a question-based format to get people from a point A where they currently are to a point B where they want to be without sort of lingering in the past of what they've been through. It's touched upon but it's not sort of lingered in so that we can push you forward towards your goals. Well, as you're saying that I'm hearing notions of, you know, people would think that, that it might be therapy. So what are the main differences between life coaching and having a therapist? Yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think therapy oftentimes is much more focused on the past, right? You hear a lot of terms of trauma or what happened in your childhood, or is there something in your past that created this person that you are? And as a life coach, we don't so much focus on that. We much more focus on, we hear where you are today. We understand that there's some past reasons you may be that person. And if we touch on that, that's fine. But ultimately we're more worried about moving you forward to make sure that you actually accomplish your goals and get where you want to go. I mean, that makes sense to me. Would you ever recommend your clients to do both? Maybe a combination of life coaching and therapy. Yeah, I have a therapist and I'm a life coach. So I, com I recommend it for everybody. However, not you're not being life coached though. Correct. Uh, actually, so in order to get your certification as a life coach, you have to be coached yourself. Oh, okay. And we'll get into that too. Yes. Um, what I wanted to also dive into a little bit is I think a lot of people have some misconceptions about what it means to be a life coach. Like even before I started dating you, I pictured a life coach as, you know, someone that would say like, today you're going to wake up and you have to manifest. It's going to be a good day and make it a good day. Like just stuff like that. So what are some of the misconceptions that people have said to you about what they think you do? Oh, that's interesting. I haven't thought about that. I think it is usually an amorphous thing. So something people don't really know about. And so you, you're right. People think a life coach is going to come in and be more of a consultant and a motivational speaker. You got this or have some affirmation and, and really be that person. But I think of life coaching much more dynamically where you come for information, motivation, and accountability. So I'm not just the cheerleader. I'm also providing you the information that you need, the motivation, which is that cheerleading aspect, but more importantly, that accountability piece where when you want to get to your goal, who's going to hold you there and make sure you get there. And the cheerleading piece is important part of it too, though, right? Yeah, for sure. I think you'll hear on any of my podcast sessions with my clients, like I am always going to cheerlead you along the way. There's a reason that everybody should celebrate where they are and who they are before they move forward. And so as you move forward, we always have to recognize all the great things that are going on. I agree with that. So let's backtrack. Prior to life coaching, you grew up wanting to be in politics. You wanted to be a senator and then life kind of took you on a different path to becoming a lawyer, worked at a big law firm in New York. So let's talk about your journey from kind of the lawyer to the life coach and what sparked that decision to do a major career shift. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it is a major career shift. Like, I don't want to underplay that. Like, it's a big, big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was COVID. Honestly, I think during COVID, a lot of us felt like we lost the people that were around us, right? The interaction amongst people, especially at work. And so for me, it became much more a game of, I'm sending emails about legal things 
rather than I'm interacting with people in a way that felt progressive and that we're helping people, right? When there's a human face to a deal team, you feel like, oh, well, we're a team of people doing something great. When it's just emails, it feels much different than that. And so for me, it was getting into a profession similar to teaching because I was a teacher where I can see the people that I'm working for, my clients, and making sure that I see them going forward rather than having a team with me just to make it personal. Well, the pandemic's an interesting point because I'm sure a lot of careers and positions went from being team-based to being isolated. So I wonder how many people kind of fell into that same path that you fell into. And also I have to say kudos because it's never kind of easy to do something and then shift your career entirely. Like that's, that's not lost on anyone. A lot of people get really stuck on the path that they're on. So breaking free, was there ever like a moment that you were like, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't want to go on this path right now. For law or coaching? For law. Yeah. So coaching, I'm here, I'm, I'm doing it. So yes, I'm not leaving it. Not leaving. <laughs> but, but for, for law, it, it, I don't know that there was a moment because I don't even know that when I committed to getting certified as a coach that I knew that's what I was going to do. I said, look, I'll sign up, I'll do the certification. And if I like it, I'll do it. If I don't, I learn something. And so I don't know that there was ever a moment. I had a great experience in the academy where I went and it was just such a great experience where people were feeling and seeing change and reporting yeah. that back to me. And I think it was the multitude of people saying, I, I, that was just so helpful that I really loved it, that you should do this. Right. So it was an affirmation that I was in the right space. Yeah. And it was also that craving the human interaction again, which I think you feed yes. off of. Um, so you commit to being a life coach, Yes. but let's tell people what it actually takes to become a life coach. What's the training mm -hmm. process? Like, do you go to school? Are there final exams? Like, do you have a graduation? Yeah. Yeah. There is a final exam. FYI. I mean, I passed. So, so thank God. Yeah. Right. So as a coach, there are different academies. There's this international coaching federation, which is this overarching body that says, these are the gold standards. And as you want to be a coach, you have to go, not, not, look, not everybody's certified. You can become a coach and say you're a coach, but not have the tools or necessarily know how or experience. Mm -hmm. But for me, I really wanted to make sure that I knew what I was doing. I wouldn't damage people in the process. And I joined an academy in the academy, which is accredited by the International Coaching Federation. There's many academies. Uh, you do coaching, so you get practice, you learn the skills through lessons. Um, and then you practice on people, but then you also have to be coached yourself. And then ultimately there are multiple different exams. Um, so they're not exams put on by the ICF, they're put on by the Academy, but they're coaching sessions and sure. you get scored and, and. Well, how long does this whole process take? It takes people a range of time. There's, it's not like a, an Academy in college where it takes four years or two years. It really depends on your commitment and your circumstances. So for me, I knew that I wanted to change the career sooner than later, or at least get my certification sooner than later. Sure. And so I chose to push hard to get it done within six months. Um, but many people are in it for a year, two years until they can get the, all their requirements set up. And not everybody goes into it expecting to get out in six months. Um, some people know that they're going to do it part-time and trainings or during hours they can't make or whatever. So Everybody has their own journey. But it's flexible and it was mostly online, correct? It was all online at this time, yeah. yeah. Now, with life coaching, it's pretty vast, whether it's a career coach, a finance coach, relationship coaches, you specifically focus on health and wellness. Yes. 
as I'm saying this, I'm thinking about your training. Like, is there a moment in your training where it's like picking your major where you're like, I want to do this. Yeah. Um, and also why did you decide, how did you decide which area of coaching you wanted to go into? Yeah. So, so health and wellness is my niche and there is a training in my academy and maybe not all academies have it, but choosing a niche and you don't have to, you can be a general life coach. And in fact, my podcast is general life coaching. So I do it all, but my niche in my actual business is health and wellness. And, and I chose health and wellness one, because I've had my own struggles of health um, and wellness. So in health space, I used to be obese, uh, very much so. I remember the the charts I would get from the doctor would be like a zag line and then a huge like skyrocketing line. Um, and then I had heart surgery, so I had these mental blocks about fitness for myself and could I ever be fit again? You've been through it. Yeah, yeah. And then and then when well, come to wellness, I was in a high pressure job being a lawyer for a big law firm. So for me, I always made sure that my wellness was on the forefront. But that's a battle for everybody, no matter how positive you can be, everybody needs a little bit of support sometimes. So that's why I chose health and wellness is because it matters so much to me. Well, you mentioned this, but what I love so much about your podcast is the vastness of the topics. Like I never know if I'm going to get like a finance episode, a career episode, a relationships episode. So I'm always kind of excited to see what's what's going to come out of the bag. Um, but let's dive a little bit deeper into health and wellness. Yeah. You gave us a little bit about your health journey, but what do you do as a health and wellness coach? For sure. So everybody, I don't want to say everybody, most people know how to work out and most people know how to eat correctly, right? I would push back on that because okay. I, I don't think a lot of people know how to work out. I think that's why personal training is so important to a lot of people. Clearly I'm very strong. So I didn't, I didn't know how to work out. But I, but I, I disagree with you there because I think what you're saying is not everybody knows the movements to have a great regimen. What I'm saying is people know that physical movement gets you results. Yes. Right. It doesn't matter what physical movement it is. It means running, walking, climbing stairs. People know that that is exercise and people know how to do it. Right. And what I find and how I, what I a lot of times hear is like, I, I just don't know why I will do it. And so for me, I work with people through those blocks and those mindsets. For sure. Yes, for sure. Um, speaking of kind of those blocks and those habits, one of the things that you've said that I've latched onto is creating healthy habits. We talked about this a little bit for how for me, like if I'm creating a habit, for example, wearing sunscreen, which <laughs> I'm guilty of not doing. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm simultaneously mother and boyfriend yeah. and life coach. <laughs> yes. um, and so with sunscreen, like I have to have it physically in my eyesight. I need to see it. I need to make it a part of my routine, but whatever works for different people. What kind of tips do you have for people to create their own habits? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think habits are super important to make them fit into your lifestyle, right? So, and if you have habits now, what is the reason that you stick with them? So for me, I take medicine every day after my heart surgery. I know that every day I'm going to go to bed. And so, no, it's true, right? Like, correct. I, I know I that I say taking medicine is a habit. No, but, but yes, but it is, right? You, yes, you have for, to incorporate it into your routine. Correct. So, for me to make it a habit, something that I automatically do, which is what a habit is, it's something that you don't give thought to. I always take it immediately before I go to sleep, mm -hmm. and I almost never forget because I'm always going to sleep, and that's the the cue for me to say, "Oh, I need to take my medicine," mm -hmm. um, and I'll actually lay down for like three minutes and be like, "Oh, I haven't taken my medicine," and get out of bed. So it always comes to mind. So the advice is find a reason or a place that you're always going to repeat that action. So if it's putting on your sunscreen, right? And we talked about this is 
what where what what would prompt you to put on put on sunscreen? You said, well, if it's in my viewpoint every single day, right? So you have it right by your sink every yeah. morning, and that is what's going to prompt you to do it. For me, it was having my medicine next to my bed, and now I never even need it have it next to my bed because I always remember I need to find it. Sure, and that's always worked for me too. Is just putting in my path retainers, sunscreen, flossing, yes. so many good health habits. On the flip side, how do you break a bad habit? Yeah. So it's interesting because in my personal viewpoint is that you don't break bad habits. Mm -hmm. What you do instead is you create stronger new habits. So we, and I think, and I've actually had multiple clients come back and say, this is the strongest part of one of my programs on healthy eating is that we fall backwards. We're human. We don't unlearn habits. Our habits, our old habits exist, but so long as we have stronger new habits, we might occasionally fall back to the old habit, but we always go back to the stronger new habit. And so it's not about replace, it's not about undoing, it's about replacing the new habit. I think what you just did there is also really nice in the fact that you repurpose thoughts a little bit. Like as soon as I said bad habits, you're like, it's not about bad habits, it's about creating healthy habits or new habits, which I like. And I think it's not a normal way for me to think for a lot of people to think. So uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I think the word bad is such a heavy word to put on totally. actions. We're human, we're fallible, we're at fault for things. And as soon as you put bad, it makes it so much more of a struggle to get out of the habit because there's pressure. And so by removing the pressure and just saying, I want a new habit, a healthier habit, you're no longer saying, I need this, I need to get out of it. And that pressure is what oftentimes keep people held back. Yeah, you're reframing your thought process and also eliminating some of that shame that comes with a quote unquote bad habit. Right. Yes. So another thing that I've learned from you, which uh, is about nutrition labels. I and, never knew that I was teaching him so much. Oh, he teaches me so much. <laughs> he's, he's a great boyfriend. Um, I find nutrition labels confusing. If I was taught them as a kid, I don't remember because I was depending on my parents for food anyway. And honestly, I'd love to hear you do like a 30 minute episode on nutrition labels anyway, because there's just so much in there. And I don't think the general public kind of thinks about it. Yes. For me, even now, I just go and I'm like, how much sugar is in this? And then I'm like, oh, okay, protein. Yeah. yeah. And, and I will say when I said that everybody knows how to eat right, I wasn't saying that everybody knows how to read all the information. Mm -hmm. It was more of, you know, that lettuce is good for you. We're all taught that lettuce is good for you or vegetables are good for you. Is lettuce good that, for that's you? why like, kids, I don't want to eat yeah. broccoli, right? And so it's more of like, we know that eating McDonald's every day isn't healthy for you. I know. Wow. He loves McDonald's. Wow. Uh, that this was, was going so well. Yeah, and then he decided so right. to choose violence. Yeah. Um, but back to the nutrition labels, if you could just pick one thing for people to kind of take away from reading a nutrition label, what would it be? Yeah, I would say that you need carbs, fats, and proteins. Uh, a, a nutrition label that is void, it's low, it's low fat or low carb, isn't going to help you balance out your diet. What keeps you full longer and gives you more energy is carbs, fats, and protein, all of them. That's three things. Well, no, that's my, that's the one takeaway. I know, right? that's the same I know. but, but the reality is we oftentimes are so sucked into this idea of diet culture. I need to not eat carbs. I don't need to eat fats. When in reality, carbs should be the largest energy source in everyday life. And question to you all, how much more fulfilling would your diet be if you just ate everything on the spectrum, right? So you ate the fats, you ate the carbs, you ate the, well, the proteins. The food pyramid is coming back to me. I don't know if it's, is it still a food pyramid? Do we still talk about the food pyramid? No. 
I know the food pyramid went away and then it came back as like a big circle. Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, what you're saying is like, oh, let's have a little bit of everything in a way. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's something called, called calorie density, right? So the chocolate is a highly calorie dense. You get to eat less of it for more calories, which means you're probably eating heavy fats or heavy carbs. Um, but things like fruits are great. It's generally agreed on that you shouldn't limit the number of fruits and vegetables you eat such as keto requires you to do, mm. right? Because they actually come with so much fiber that fills you up. They come with vitamins. They come with all these good things that are important to your body. Well, I'd like to publicly apologize to the McDonald's Corporation for his comments. I do not endorse. Um, let's start wrapping this conversation up. So just three more final questions. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge you face when working with clients? Oh, interesting. I, I think... I don't know that I struggle or have challenges with clients, but I think what clients oftentimes struggle with is putting pressure on an area of their life. Mm -hmm. And I said this a little bit earlier, it's that pressure that holds people back. It's this like insatiable ugh feeling. Um, and I talked about it on one, one of my clients had this sort of aha moment in one of the prior podcasts where she just had pressure on going to the gym, right? And because of that pressure, when she woke up, she was like, oh, I don't want to go. It's like a heavy blanket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go and do this because there's the pressure to do it. And if we take away that pressure, it makes it so much easier to say, oh, I'm just going to walk to the gym and see what happens, right? I'm not going to put the pressure on having a personal record day every single day sure. because that's just not a reality. And, and it just makes it so much easier. So I would say pressure is, and, and that goes beyond just health, that also wellness, right? The pressure of being at work or the pressure of communicating with a significant other, the pressure of driving on the streets. It really comes down to a lot of pressure. I feel like, uh, were we projecting on me with any of that? Driving on the streets? No. Talking no. to your significant other? None of that. Great examples, but not. I was not referencing <laughs> him. So you spend a lot of time motivating others, but how do you motivate yourself? I, I, I motivate myself by keeping the long game in picture. So in, in a couple of my programs, I spend time with clients visioning and saying, what is your vision for your future beyond just tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And I want to say taking the step tomorrow is important, right? Having to break it down is important. It makes it easier to get up and go because mm -hmm. you know you can accomplish something. But when you have the longer picture in mind, you know what you're working towards. If I were to walk down the street and I don't know where I'm going, which is honestly, honestly oftentimes what I do. That's true. I can't but like if, if, if I'm on a, on a time crunch or I'm trying to do something in my life and I don't know where I'm going, it's going to be very frustrating because you don't know how that path is getting you to your goal. And so as long as you have a vision, you can sort of figure out how your path is getting you to your goal. Vision, ladies and gentlemen. And finally, last question. What makes you the happiest about being a life coach? Hmm. Uh, when I get reports back about the impact of a coaching session, I try to share some of those on the podcast. I don't always get to, but uh, the impact that coaching has on individuals is a ripple effect. And so uh, there's clients who come back and say, well, I got coaching and I ultimately decided I was going to have a conversation with a person. And it ultimately translated into a beautiful sort of ripple effect in my classroom or wherever it was. And so I love seeing that ripple effect and the impact beyond just that specific issue we discussed. Yeah, that's beautiful. And who doesn't love to see kind of the results of their work um, reflect positively among society? Yeah, yeah, exactly. My, my positive effects in my work are with other people. Yeah. And they go out and have even more positive effects. Mm -hmm. so it's a wonderful thing. 
Well, that's all I got. So thank you for having me. This was fun. Well, thank you, John, for being on the Dear Life Coach podcast. And thank you for listening to the first Ask the Life Coach rather than Dear Life Coach. I hope to have another one of these segments in the next few weeks, maybe with a different host. Maybe we'll keep him around. Wow. I got fired already and I had, I have, I have, whatever, fine. Where's my paycheck? Yes, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Maybe some McDonald's. Anyway, it was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Dear Life Coach podcast this week. And I look forward to having you listen in next week. Have a good one, y'all. That's it for this week's session of Dear Life Coach Podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you want to know more about coaching, feel free to visit my website at vpcoachinggroup.com. And if you yourself want to be on the Dear Life Coach Podcast to get a little bit of free coaching, just using a made-up name, feel free to email me at joshua at vpcoachinggroup.com.